05 and 06 I deployed to Kuwait I used to wait every day for them to say Nature going home I miss my life, miss my wife For 15 months she was all alone But when I got back I felt out of control Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold I keep on drinking so I'm sinking in a river of liquor Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be so I invested in myself I started seeing coaches Life is a camera, I fixed the lens and now I see in focus Now my life's unrecognizable From my life just a couple years ago 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this and we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm called to be a leader I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey Bailey Championship Championship Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. And excited we got Rebecca Rouse here, newly to the Dallas, Texas area. Everybody's going to Dallas these days. It's a place to be. Yeah. They're either going to Dal- uh, Texas or Dallas and uh, or Florida, it seems. But uh, that's probably another conversation. Uh, appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Absolutely. I know we were talking a little bit beforehand. Luke Dupron, a little shout out to him, was on his podcast. He connected us originally. And then uh, my man, Rob uh, Decker and Rebecca have a little history too. So Rob, if you're listening to this, shout out to you, brother. But I always like to start us off with this question, which maybe you've already had a chance to think about since you listened to an episode here beforehand, but uh, championship leadership is the name of the podcast. So what comes to mind for you or what does championship leadership mean to you when you hear that? Um, first thing that comes to mind is, well, a couple, couple of words, but powerful words when it comes to leadership, integrity, ownership. Um, I think those are probably the two, the two big ones for me. Um, if people who follow me know I'm a big fan of Jocko and he's big, been a big influence on my life, his books, his uh, principles that he stands for and his teachings. I think extreme ownership is one of the biggest ones that kind of everybody who's familiar with Jocko knows about extreme ownership. And ever since learning about that and reading his books, I've just been it's, it's shifted my whole life and how I live and interact with people and my relationships. So extreme ownership is huge. And then integrity, you know, doing the right thing when, whether you are, whether you're alone or people are watching you just operating with integrity in, in everything in life and business and relationships, family, friends. I think that those are two, the two big ones for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you made it sound like that book, that con- that uh, characteristic of, of leadership, extreme ownership, I agree is, is a big piece of, how I would define championship leadership. And uh, so what was it specifically, or was it a place in life that you were in or what, what was it about that book, that message that really hit a chord with you? That's a great question. I think I, I started getting into Jocko's books around the same time that my husband went on deployment. And so being, you know, I was pretty young at the time and just being a not, you know, recently married military spouse now living alone and also being a manager at the time, managing a team of trainers. That was kind of my introduction to leadership in multiple capacities. So I think it just applied to in everything, you know, being running the household by myself when he was, when my husband was gone and then 
leading a team of trainers, setting the example, leading by example, and realizing how powerful it can be when I could set that example for the trainers who were looking to me for guidance. So that was back in 2017. And, you know, I've read all of Jocko's books since met him, know him decently well. So um, just to be, be able to have that and the relationships that I built with people that work with him and Echelon Front as well, just some of, I've been so fortunate to see those uh, qualities exemplified in those people, you know, in, in business and in personal relationships. So it's very powerful. Yeah, that, that is. And thank you. I appreciate that. That, that makes sense. Uh, your husband being away and deployed and, and uh, again, you know, where you're at, the, the role that you were in at the gym totally makes sense. So what's, um, I, I do see you uh, on your social media Jocko fuel and uh, I've seen you maybe even in a few photos with Jocko and what's it? Charlie, am I getting that right? Echo Charles. Echo Charles. Thank you. Echo Charles. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Echo Charles, if you're listening, (laughs) but uh, um, how did, how did that come about? Cause I love that's the, the, you know, people ask me like, what do you like the most about the podcast? And I would often probably go to a lot of the connections that I've, I've created. Like, you know, we talked about the the surviving man show that I was recently on Don man um, and many others, just yourself, just, it's crazy. The connections of people I've gotten to meet and I've gotten to know actually some of the relationships and friendships that have come out, come out of it. So I'm always curious how those connections happen. How did that happen for Jocko? Yeah. So at the time, let's see, this is back in 20, 2020, actually right before COVID hit, I was living in San Diego at the time and followed Jocko and you know, everybody in his circle on social media. And he posted that he was doing a, like an event, in-person event at Vitamin Shop in Balboa down in San Diego, because they were going to kick off the nationwide launch of the Jocko Fuel products in Vitamin Shop stores nationwide. So to celebrate that, they were doing an in-person event and he was there and he was signing books and whatever. So it was on a Saturday and I finished work at four. They were there till five. So I drove down and I got to meet him and um, Echo was there. Dakota Meyer was there, JP Donnell. And then the guys from Origin, who are like the parent company of Jocko Fuel, they were all there. They flew in from Maine and they just did a whole thing. So I got to spend about an hour with them, meet them. And I just kept in touch with them after I used their products. And I realized, you know, I learned more about Origin and the mission of what they're doing, which is basically bringing manufacturing back to America. Everything in their entire supply chain is made in America. All their their workers are all here in the United States. And so I, I really believe wholeheartedly in their mission and just kept kept those relationships going through social media and some, sometimes in person when I could. And so just eventually a couple months later, they asked me if I wanted to be one of their brand ambassadors for Jocko Fuel. Of course, I said yes. And so since then, I've just been using, promoting their products and happily do so. And I wear a lot of their clothes um, that Origin makes. And I've gone back up to Maine a couple of times to visit their factory and just have really have some of the best people working up there. And I just love what they're doing. So happy Very to support cool. them. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Well, let's talk a little bit more about you and, and maybe you could give us a little bit of background on yourself, your story. I know you're big into kettlebells and fitness and coaching others and uh, weightlifting. Like I saw mm-hmm. that you just did a meet. I was, uh, I'll call myself a former weightlifter. I actually did some old man masters, Pan Ams. Hey, uh, there you go. Canada back in 2014, given my age a little bit, but I uh, owned a CrossFit gym for a short time. And uh, so I was definitely in that world and I got too beat up. So I've, I've moved uh, from the weightlifting side of things, but, but it's always fun to watch you and what you're up to, but maybe, yeah, give us, you know, start as, as far back as you want, kind of give us a story and the journey and the path that you've been on to get to where you are today and what it is that you're up to today. Sure, yeah. It's been, it's been a long journey. Um, fitness has been pretty much a part of my life since I was a young child. I started gymnastics when I was three and 
you know, just a wow. little kinder gym. My parents yeah. put me in. I think I was, they put me in ballet when I was two. I was bored. So they put me in gymnastics at age <laughs> three. And kind of the rest is history for my childhood. I, yeah. I did gymnastics all the way up till high school. I competed from age seven to 14. And I always talk about gymnastics, uh, really form them in the foundation for my life of, you know, structure and discipline and strength. Because it's, I didn't have a normal childhood like most kids did. It was, you know, school, three and a half hour practices, come home, eat dinner, do homework, go to bed, rinse, repeat, competitions on the weekends. So that was, was pretty, pretty high much, level. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not super high. I got to level eight. So level 10 is like elite and then, you know, Olympics beyond that. So is, eight um, is pretty high. Eight is pretty high. It's, it's not horrible. But when you're a competitor, awesome. uh, you always, it's not enough, right? Right. Never enough. Yeah. So that was everything, my whole life up until high school. Then in high school, I got into cheerleading for a couple of years because I didn't know what else. I didn't know any other sports except gymnastics. And it allowed me to kind of use that for, you know, in a small way. Yeah. And then that was definitely not for me. So I joined <laughs> a gym and, but I, I, gymnastics being an all body weight sport, I had no idea how to lift weights and, and how to program or do anything that I know now. So I just, I found myself doing a lot of cardio, which is, I think what a lot of women tend to default to when they yeah. go into a gym, because they don't know how to, a lot of women don't know how to lift weights or they're intimidated by it. So that was me back in the day. And then in college is when I got into weightlifting and more bodybuilding to start. So I did pretty much all through college for those four years, lots of bodybuilding, you know, um, body part splits, arm day, back day, leg day, yeah. chest yeah. day, shoulder day, all that stuff. And I, arm I days every day, I thought, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I did that for a couple of years, really started to fall in love with the process of getting stronger, building muscle, seeing the changes in my body. I did a figure competition once in 2012. I was 21. And it was an interesting experience. I'm glad I did it once, but it's not something I would do again, just, yeah. you know, for maybe obvious reasons, maybe not. I could talk about that later if you want me to. But and then it was after college, my first job after college was at Equinox, I became a personal trainer. It was at the time was my like short term plan while I figured out what I wanted to do with my life and yeah. led to, you know, a whole other career path that I never expected, but yeah, right. started to do personal training and at the same time learning about the world of functional fitness. So kettlebells, barbells, you know, full body compound movements versus training just one muscle group or one, one body part at a time using the body as it was intended to uh, as, you know, an integrated whole. And so I started to shift my perspective going from muscles to movements and learning all about the world of functional movement. And that kind of opened up Pandora's box for me when it came to, <laughs> you know, coaching. And, and then I started to specialize in kettlebells. I got my strong first kettlebell certification in 2016, my level one, and then my level two in 2019. And just ever since then, I've since 2014, really, when I started at Equinox is just kind of my obsession with strength and performance. And I shifted away from focusing on aesthetics and, you know, how lean can I get? What can my body look like? And more towards what can my body do? How strong can I get? What can I do as far as performance and athletics? So um, that was kind of, you know, the bulk of my, my journey has been uh, to get to where I am now is, was there. And then in 2018, I started working with a coach for Olympic lifting and worked on, you know, just strictly focusing on the snatch, the clean and jerk and all the accessories. I did two competitions, uh, well, actually now three of this past week and I did my third, but yeah. 2019, 2020, and then just this past Saturday, I did my third competition for Olympic lifting. And that's my journey as far as an athlete uh, and, and yeah. you know, the education. And then from the coaching standpoint, you know, mentioned I started at Equinox in 2014, worked with a whole variety of different clients, which is, I think, a great place to start, you know, learning, working with everything from, you know, teenagers and high school athletes all the way up to people in their 70s who just want to be able to move better from feel good for the rest of their lives and everything in between. So got a really good exposure to lots of different people with different goals, 
and what I liked and what I didn't like as far as coaching goes. And then so I worked at Equinox from 2014 up until about a year ago. I worked as a trainer, then a manager, but I was always still doing some training. And then I left there during COVID because we were shut down and I didn't want to wait around for the gym to hopefully open up one day. So I left yeah. and started my own business, which is called Semper Stronger. And that's what I'm doing now is just running that full-time entrepreneur life and trying to reach and impact as many people as I can through my, my brand and, and strength training. Well, so tell us a little bit more. What is Semper Stronger all about? So we are about empowering people to become physically and mentally stronger so that they can overcome life challenges with confidence. It's kind of our mission statement. So how we do that is through a variety of uh, levels of fitness programming and coaching. So I have one-on-one clients that I train mostly virtually just because of the nature of the past year. And I was also moving around quite a bit doing mostly online coaching for my one-on-one clients. And then I have a library of programs that I've written that I sell on my website so people can follow the programs that I wrote and you know get stronger through a variety of modalities, kettlebells, barbells, body weight, bands, pretty much whatever people have available. There's, there's a program for it. And yeah. then I have a membership as well. So members, through the membership, we've kind of brought people together from multiple countries all over the world who are interested in just living stronger lives, being healthier, engaging with a community of like-minded people through the app that we have as well. So that's kind of a little bit about what we do and, and what our mission is. Very cool. Is it just you or is there other coaches inside of Semper Stronger? Yep. My husband and I started it together. He's okay. active duty, so he can he can contribute as much as his schedule will allow for, yeah. which for him, is he's a communications officer in the Marine Corps. So he does all of the back end stuff. So make sure that the website's running and creates all the, you know, the video, it does all the video editing and, and web page creation and all that stuff. So he's more of the back end, which allows him to work on his own time and still yeah. be there for his Marines. And then I do everything else as far as like front facing and all the fitness stuff and the programming. So that's, we, we run it. And then we also have a social media marketing, email marketing, people that assist us. So Thank we you. are looking to grow. Well, we are growing, but our next step is to um, hire coaches who will be able to take on clients and also help us with the content creation so that we can just, you know, have a larger reach and impact more people. So I, I don't, I, I don't have the capacity to take on an indefinite amount of clients for one-on-one training, but if I hire other coaches, we can kind of grow that way. So that's, that's our next big step for Q4, Q1. Okay. Very cool. Let's talk a little bit more like, so kettlebells, I just want to talk about this real quick because kettlebells is one of those things. I think there's a lot of this, not just for kettlebellers, but I do feel like people that do kettlebells, like don't believe almost in anything. <laughs> like it's kettlebells are, and I've, I've never really dug into it. And I think it's probably always one of those things that I've wanted to do more of, but maybe because it's very technical, it's just a little bit hard to get into it unless you were to go to like a, through a program like strong first or something like that, or you had a really good coach, of course, that could help you through that. Where did that go for you? Because I see the things that you're doing and I'm like, man, that looks awesome. But it also looks like not for an amateur, right? Yeah. That's so a, that's a, a great question and point that you bring up. So kettlebells, I, I do think that, that they can be for everybody. Not everybody's interested in learning them or using them. A lot of yeah. people who do use them, use them incorrectly because there's so sure. much stuff out there in the, the interwebs and yeah. a lot of not not great stuff. So that's why, you know, when, when people are first starting out, I always recommend hiring a coach. Like coaches need coaches. Everybody can benefit from having a coach, yep. myself included, which is why I've had a coach for the last five years yeah. um, in a variety of capacities. But yes, I think they are safe for just about everyone as long as there's no 
um, you know, injuries or anything that would prevent somebody from engaging in physical activity, always get doctor's clearance if that's the case. But there's beginner movements and all the way up to very advanced movements. And I think kettlebells can help pretty much anybody with any goal, any fitness goal, whether someone wants to get stronger, they want to lose weight, they want to move better, improve their mobility, their stability, muscular endurance, like kettlebells can accomplish it all depending on how you program it. But there is a certain fundamental level of technical knowledge that a practitioner needs to have in order to get the most out of kettlebells. Cause you could pick it up and swing it around and, you know, but if you don't really know the ins and outs of how to grip it, how to breathe when you're using, when you're using it, how to integrate the, the mobility and stability aspects and, you know, activate your core and your glutes. Like there's so much that goes on and it's, it's all very fast. So yeah. there's, there's a foundation that really needs to be built before someone just starts doing kettlebell ballistics, like cleans and snatches and, and swings. So, but yeah, that's why when it comes to coaching, I, I'm always do an assessment and a consultation first, meet the client wherever they are based on their background and knowledge and then build a program from there. So usually a safe way to go. And I mean, that's really not too much different from, I guess, anything, right? I mean, you, you start out as a beginner, there's beginner movements, there's a foundation to be built. And then you start to add and get a little bit more advanced as you go. But what about, so how does that feed into the weightlifting that you do? Because when I came into CrossFit, like, I don't know, I, t- I don't, are you familiar with John North? Mm-mm. Okay. So John, you might want to check him out. He's kind of a crazy dude. He was more crazy back in the day, but he was kind of in what he calls the boom days, right? Like Cal strength, uh, Donnie Shankle was another big name, uh, that he trained with. And, and, uh, he was, he was kind of that guy that, that really helped 2013, 12, 13, 14, when, when the CrossFitters really were seeing a big surge into weightlifting, And, uh, he was one of the first to really like put himself out there socially and his videos would go viral and they're fun to watch because he's got an incredible personality. Uh, maybe check out the episode I did with him here recently, but, uh, he really kind of had me bite that bug. And like I said, I I did some competing, but yeah, talk about like how you got into it. Cause it was, it was super, it was super addicting to me. Like I just really did it. And then I fell in love with it. And again, I, uh, kind of moved through that, but, uh, for you, I know, especially kettlebells has got to really feed and give that great foundation for the sport of weightlifting as well. But talk about that, you know, because you just did a meet, I know, and I saw it didn't, which is like, it almost never goes as well as we hoped it would, right? We could hit for six for six and still probably feel like we left a kilo on the floor, right? So totally. uh, talk about uh, how weightlifting came into play for you. And is it something that you really love to do? Or is it just something that you have fun with? funny you asked this question today because I, after reflecting on the meet, I, I am feeling kind of torn in a, in a couple of different directions with my fitness because I love so many things. Yeah. You know, the world of functional fitness is vast. And so people have their preferred modalities. And I always say like, if I had to only do one for the rest of my life, I think I would choose kettlebells, but yeah. I love, love, love weightlifting so yeah. much. And I have a gymnastics background as well. So there's body weight elements in there. And so for a long time, well, back to your, for, to your original question in terms of kettlebells to weightlifting, there is a lot of carryover, you know, the, the explosiveness, the, the power coming from the hips, breathing, like tension, all that stuff, the mobility and stability kind of combining together to really form the foundation of the sport. I think yeah. those are all very, there's a lot of crossover there, but they are also very different too. So, you know, you're not doing high reps. You shouldn't really be doing high reps of Olympic lifts. Whereas, you know, for the snatch test at at strong first, you're doing a hundred reps of a kettlebell snatch where I was, I would never recommend somebody doing a hundred reps of a barbell snatch. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, the, the similarities and differences of the two, but in terms of like my own journey, I, 
I feel I, I like I said I love weightlifting, but I also love kettlebells, and that they will always be a part of my training. But in order to get really good at something, you kind of have to go all in. Yeah. And so I've for a long time I have dabbled in doing CrossFit. Funny that you say that. You know, yeah. that's where you came yeah. from. Because and yeah. I get asked all the time when I go places or meet new people, like, "Oh, you must do CrossFit." Because they hear yeah. about my background or they see yeah. the, way, the way that I'm built, people assume I do right. CrossFit because it's very mainstream now. And I, I, always, I never know how to answer that question. Like I have done elements that they of CrossFit that are very, you know, standard elements. I've done the gymnastics, yeah. I've done the kettlebells, I've done the weightlifting, but I don't consider myself a CrossFitter. But part and then so part of me like has this thing of against it. Like I don't, I don't want to do high rep Olympic lifts. I don't want to do kipping pull ups because I've always I've been trained the opposite yeah, way of kipping, yeah. kipping should not be a thing. And when you're doing pull-ups, Olympic lifts should not be done for high reps, but those are things that they do in CrossFit. So I had some fundamental battles inside with, uh, with CrossFit, but then at the same time, the other end of that is like, I think I could actually be really good at it if I dedicated myself to it. And if I could work past those, those barriers in my head, I think I have the background with, with where I've been in my, my athletic journey to probably do decently well at it. So kill it. Yeah, actually, I, it's funny. I actually at four o'clock today, I'm going to check out a, a local CrossFit gym right. here in Dallas because I won for the like all the reasons I just mentioned. Yeah. I haven't really given it a fair chance. I've done it here and there. I've done a few workouts, but I've never been a member at a gym. I've never done you know consistent CrossFit, and also I don't know that many people here. I just moved here, and you know weightlifting is pretty solitary sport. So I figured it would be a great way to meet people. So yeah. I signed up for a free trial at the local CrossFit gym. Oh, that's awesome. That's, that's great. I, I want to say John North, he just moved to Texas. I wonder if he's in Dallas. If he is, I'll definitely connect you guys. But yeah, I mean, so many people come into CrossFit and they, they it's the same thing. They fall in love with it, but you know, you might hear the horror stories of people getting injured because they get so addicted to it and they just want to, they want to speed up the process faster than is possible, right? There's just a the foundation that you have to build, you know, skill sets that you have to create. And you've been, essentially, you've been doing that before coming to CrossFit. So you're going to be so well set up. And there's still a lot of things, you know, that you'll learn, of course, and more to build on. But but uh, I feel like what you've been doing and all the experience with the gymnastics, many gymnasts, especially on the women's side, that I've seen come into CrossFit, just have such an advantage because totally. they're a, lot, a big gymnastics piece to a lot of what they do in, in, in CrossFit. So that's cool to see in, in here. Excited to see how that goes. So yeah, I'll keep you posted, but well, a little nervous, but I think, I think it'll be yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, uh, let's get a little bit back into leadership conversation and maybe talk about who are a few people that really have impacted you as leaders, coaches, mentors, I'm guessing, you know, we probably already talked about one in Jacko Willink, but you could talk a little bit more about him for sure if you would like. And anyone else that, that maybe sticks out to you, you can share their names if you want. Otherwise, more importantly, it's like, what have you learned from, like, what are the characteristics that really stand out for those individuals? Yeah, great question. So um, Jocko, you know, number one comes to mind. I think I've talked probably a good amount about him. But um, my husband is also a phenomenal example of, of a leader to me. And, you know, he's, somebody who grew up in not the best upbringing, you know, kind of not great area of Rhode Island, uh, English is a second language, and he, he had a rough childhood and enlisted in the Marine Corps to kind of get out of his home bubble where things were not good and never looked back. And he started out as an enlisted Marine and then went to, you know, two deployments, Iraq, Afghanistan, came back, went to college, went through the officer program, 
And so having been, you know, enlisted and then becoming an officer, he knows what it's like to serve him as both a leader and a follower. And then he, you know, after a couple more duty stations, he, his most recent one prior to where he is now was to lead the uh, Navy, R- Navy and Marine Corps ROTC program at Rutgers University and Princeton University. So he got to then teach college students and, and really at a formidable time for them but as they get ready to embark yeah. on their officer careers and just to watch him and during a pandemic, no less, to, right. to navigate yeah. the challenges of you know, going from in-person to virtual and dealing with the parents and and the students and, and teaching them leadership skills that would serve them as they went on to become lieutenants and ensigns. So just to, to watch him do that and do, do it so humbly and be a servant leader and always, you know, he's, he was always trying to keep up with the college students. He wanted to outrun them in their PFTs <laughs> yeah, and he would never ask anybody to do anything that he wouldn't do himself. Yeah. So just very humble person and a phenomenal leader. And he's somebody I look up to and, and to be able to run a business together is, yeah. an incredible experience I learned from him every day so Very he's cool. he's another big influence for me in terms of leadership how is that not you know not everybody uh, wants to run a business with their spouse how, do, how does that go for you guys it's great I mean we we've really it was it hasn't been rainbows and butterflies the whole time not not because it's, he's my husband or anything but just because it's been challenging especially in this climate right now and we have been probably apart geographically more than we've been together which presents communication challenges but Yep. We've worked through all of it and, you know, we, we, we've learned to communicate. We've learned to, uh, have, you know, respect each other's boundaries. And I, I have to fully respect that he, this is not his full-time job. It is mine, but it's not his. He yeah, still has right. obligations first and foremost to the Marine Corps. So that is challenging in itself, but I have learned to be patient and respectful of that. So, but yeah, I think I wouldn't change it for anything. We, we communicate yeah. really, really well. And in our 10 years, Together, we've spent a lot of time apart, which has helped us kind of learn how to be where we are now and still be successful with it. Very cool. That's great. What's the vision for you with uh, Semper Stronger, right? Mm-hmm. I get that right. Semper yep. Stronger. And, you know, because I think championship leadership, it, a lot of it comes down to the, you're able to see some things or envision some things that others can't, right? And having the courage to take action on that as well. So, What's the vision for you and what you're doing and, and the impact that you want to make, let's say, even in the next five years? Definitely. So but good, good news for us being you know, the, the husband and wife business owners, he's retiring in three and a half years from the military. Okay. So, but once that, or once that time comes, we'll have a lot more, he'll have a lot more time to explore, you know, whether it's committing more time to Semper Stronger, who knows where we'll be in three, three or four years. But for us, I think there's, because we're both leaders and, and we love fitness and, and leadership, I think there's a lot of opportunity, especially once he retires, to work both of those elements, uh, which is are things we're both passionate about. And so whether that means, you know, writing, writing fitness programs for and helping, you know, the physical fitness of the military yeah. and or working the leadership aspect in there as well. I think there's going to be a huge opportunity for leadership, for instilling the, the good leadership qualities in the next generation, because school is what it is now and what they're teaching and or not teaching in public school. And people growing up, kids growing up with maybe parents not present. So I think the future of this country is in the hands of our youth right now. And I think there's going to be a big opportunity to help those people become better leaders, whether it's through an after-school program or a summer camp or something like that. So those are things we've talked about, whether through Semper Stronger or a future business that we might start together. But as far as Semper Stronger, what we offer now, we just want to keep growing and and reaching more people. I think there's a lot of potential. First, there's a lot of competition because the fitness industry, especially now online, everything's online. So yeah, um, there's a lot of a lot of brands out there trying to do similar things to what we're doing. So just being able to differentiate from 
those brands and stand out and attract the right people who, who believe in what we're doing. So growing our membership, hiring coaches, like I mentioned before, so that they can bring on more clients for, to help them in a, on a one-on-one basis. And eventually, you know, who knows, maybe Semper Stronger in-person retreats in Dallas or kettlebell intensives and workshops and things like that. Those are all ideas that I floated around. So very cool. Yeah. Awesome. What's a, like I call it like a critical moment, kind of a fork in the roads where obviously, you know, you made the decision that you did in that moment that has you where you are today, but had you not be in a very different place. I think that's a, you know, it's for listeners, especially during these last year and a half plus that we've gone through a little bit challenging times. You know, there's a lot of people in those moments and sometimes it's hard to, to choose which way to go, right? Do I go left or right? And uh, so it's, it's, we get power and strength from listening to others and how, how they responded in those times and how they were able to come through it. Is there a moment that you could comes to mind that you could share with us? Yeah, that's an easy one. So uh, last last summer, basically, I was, you know, Equinox was where I was working at the time. And we, we shut down in March, we opened briefly for like three weeks in June, July, shut down again. And at that point, it was like, we don't know, we don't know how long this is going to go on. And we, we got furloughed. So at first, you know, I was getting paid a, a fraction of you know, 75%, then it got cut to 50%. And then it was zero. So at that point, it's like, okay, I can sit around and wait for the club to reopen and me to get my job back and my pay back who knows how long it could be. It could be a week, it could be a year. Um, right. And it ended up being closer to a year than a week. So I'm, I'm very yeah. glad that I didn't do that. Yeah. Um, and then the other option was to start the business. And it, I knew, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but my, my thought process, you know, back then was around the same time that my husband would retire from the Marine Corps, which would have been at that time about five years away. I thought that would be a good time for me to, you know, we'd both be kind of transitioning on other things. Maybe we'd start a business together. And yep. that was my plan. It was going to be about a five-year plan. So my five-year plan became my right now plan yeah, and yeah. Yeah. had no idea what I was doing, but <laughs> I, I went for it and, you know, took action. And meanwhile, my other, my, most of my colleagues were just doing the, you know, the former, which was just waiting. Yeah. And it's just right. not in my nature to sit around and wait for things to happen. I, I'm not a person that would rather go make things happen for myself. And I'm glad I took that road and uh, it's led me to where I am now. Absolutely. So it sounds like it maybe was almost a little easier decision for you. You know, it was kind of your hand was forced a bit, right? Which is probably also you're probably thankful for now looking back, but or was it? Was it easy or was it still difficult? It was it was actually more difficult than I Okay. Yeah, than maybe it seems like it would have been because I, I worked there for six and a half years. Yeah. And the people I worked with, they were not just coworkers, they were friends. The the community at that facility, yeah. at that gym was like family to me. Sure. And Makes that's sense. where I worked when Joel deployed. And so I lived pretty much lived there. I'd rather be there than I would than home by myself. So I lived at that gym. I got yeah. so absorbed in my work and the community and the people there. So leaving all that behind to jump into this like abyss of unknown and yeah. have no idea how to do it and how to navigate it. It was, it was hard. So um, well, it, was, it is lonely as well as an entrepreneur, right? So if you're coming from that and you have that family and then all of a sudden you're like, all right, it's just me. Like I got to go make this happen. And you, you know, hopefully your clients as they start to come in, but yeah, yeah, meaning yeah. It's, can be lonely, right? Totally. And I, and I had been on an upward trajectory with my career there. So I think people were surprised because I was, yeah. I like lived, breathed everything Equinox. And so, and, and I saw myself continuing to grow with the company. So yeah. choosing to leave all that behind and knowing I would let people down and kind of feel like I was abandoning my team when they needed me the most, not an easy thing to do. That's definitely a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate you sharing that. What's, um, as we start to wrap this up, you know, if there's one or two things that you could give to the listeners that like, if they were to take action, implement right here, right now today, 
it would help move their life forward today, what would that be? Strength train. Yeah. If you aren't already. I get think. a kettlebell. Yeah, get a kettlebell. All, and it's all in one home gym. <laughs> and then try and do and all then, the crazy movements on the first day. <laughs> no, don't do that. Yeah, step one, get a kettlebell. Step two, hire a coach. Hire Rebecca. Yes. <laughs> Doesn't have to be me, but a credible coach. So I think, you know, the, the power of strength training cannot be uh, emphasized enough just yeah. on the, the physical, the mental, emotional, just the confidence that you develop from becoming a stronger individual um, is, is critical. So for everyone, strength training is for everyone and everyone should be strength training. So that's number one. And I think, let's see another, I mean, so many lessons that I've learned over the past year, but just getting, I think we're our own biggest critics, our own, our own worst enemy. So getting out of our own way, uh, I, at least from a personal, you know, ex- personal yeah. experience and my, my own perspective, just, I think l- letting fear, I, I had for a long time, I have let fear dictate my, my decisions or my inactions. So trying to move past that. And it's a daily struggle, especially as an entrepreneur, when you're just putting yourself out there to the world and no one's telling you how to do it or what to do, it can be scary. And you face, you know, with everything being on the internet now and people getting canceled left and right, you, you face yep. that unknown of, you know, what's going to happen if I am putting myself out there and I'm vulnerable and transparent. So, right. but don't let that be a reason to not do something or to not chase your dreams or what feels authentic to you. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Well, I appreciate you being here today. What uh, what's a few ways that the listeners can you know find out more about you, follow you, and uh, super strong stronger? Yeah, so my personal Instagram Instagram is kind of where I spend most of my time on social media. So at Rebecca.rouse is my personal page, and then at Semper Stronger, my website is SemperStronger.com, and I can be reached via email of Rebecca at SemperStronger.com. Very good. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll definitely get all that linked up. So, thank you so much for being here. It's been awesome to finally connect. Likewise. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. Have a good day. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage has never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm called to be a leader. I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it. I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, baby.